From the makers of Blood Simple and Raising Arizona, a world where nothing is what it seems to be. Leo, is he still the boss? Today I back down from a fight, Casper's welcome to the rackets. This town and my place at the table. Casper, can he muscle in? I'm sick of taking a strap from you, Leo. And I'm sick of a high hat. Tom, would he sell out a friend? You shouldn't be confronting Jenny Casper. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I can still trade body blows with any man in this town. Except you, Tom. And Verna. Verna, is she Leo's girl? What did you tell Leo? Tell him you are a tramp and he should dump you. I want everybody to be friends. You, me, Leo, the Danes. You know who I am? The Dane. Has he got it figured? You dumping Leo for the guy who put a bullet in your brother? Bernie, will he turn the tables? Don't smart me. I want to watch you squirm. I want to see you sweat a little. All you got to do to show your friend is give me Bernie Burn Bum. Tommy, you can't do this. You don't bump guys. It's not right, Tom. I can't do Two of us have faced worse odds. Never without reason. I thought you said you didn't care about Leo. I said we were through. It's not the same thing. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about ethics. Marsha Gay Harden, John Turturro. I can't die. I'm in the woods. Like a dumb animal. I can't die. He's still alive. You expect me to believe you? No. See you all over town. Alive and no heart. No one is what they seem to be. Hope this down. Black is white at Miller's Crossing. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I am the host of the show. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining, and I hope you enjoy the show and continue to be a listener. If you've been listening to this program for any period of time, I really appreciate it, and thanks for coming back, and I hope you enjoy this particular episode. Before I get into it, I wanted to... First of all, thank everyone that downloaded episode 30, my episode on uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the child rapist. Uh, That was my most recent episode, and that turned out to be one of, or actually the most downloaded episode to date of this podcast. So thank you for everyone that downloaded it. I really appreciate that. I hope you uh, listened and enjoyed that particular episode, even though the subject matter was obviously uh, pretty disturbing uh, regarding his charges. Uh, I think my opinion on him is completely clear. So if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to check it out. I'll definitely probably be following up on this case as it progresses through the legal system, uh, hopefully to the result that I'm looking for, which is he spends the rest of his life in jail. So again, thank you to all who downloaded episode 30. So today we're going to lighten it up and go back to movies uh, for this episode, episode 31. As you just heard, uh, that was the original theatrical trailer for the 1990 Coen Brothers film Miller's Crossing. Uh, As I tweeted out the other day, 
Uh, I am a huge fan of the Coen brothers. I'm more of a fan of their earlier work. Uh, their first five to six films were fantastic. This is their third movie. Uh, it came out in 1990. Uh, so what was interesting about this particular film as I was going back to research it, uh, I knew the film came out in 1990, but another classic gangster picture actually came out in 1990, which is Martin Scorsese's uh, Goodfellas, which is in my top five movies of all time. And probably, well, in my opinion, the greatest uh, gangster movie, mob movie ever made. I think it's even better than The Godfather. That's my opinion. Uh, Miller's Crossing is also a gangster movie, but it's funny when I talk about gangster movies, I fail to bring up Miller's Crossing because while it is a gangster movie and it's a fantastic film, I almost don't even consider it a gangster movie. It's really more of the Coen brothers dipping into that genre. So if you watch any of the Coen brothers movies, they've uh, done what great filmmakers do. They jump genres. Uh, they've done a film noir, a comp, straight up comedies. They've done this picture, a gangster movie. They've done family dramas. They've done uh, uh, throwbacks to the 40s and 50s comedies, uh, like, the, like the Hudsucker Proxy and Intolerable Cruelty. So they've done all different types of genre movies. So it's almost like it's really them, a Coen Brothers movie that happens to be in a particular genre. So I don't call it a gangster picture, even though that's what the essential story is. But this film is fantastic, and I'll get into my review in a minute. Um, if you are new to the show, uh, you can find it on these apps. It'll be on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you specifically listen to the show on iTunes, uh, please rate and review if you have a moment. Uh, this is a really important way you can help grow the show's audience. So obviously, if you listen to podcasts, both independent like myself and larger podcasts with big followings, they will all ask that you rate and review the show. And the reason they ask that is it's extremely important in the uh, analytics of these apps that uh, let us have these podcasts on them. So the more ratings and reviews, so the more five-star reviews and ratings, uh, or excuse me, and reviews that you put for a particular show that you like uh, or that they receive, that that basically highlights it in the search engine. So if someone's looking for a particular show about uh, movies or sports or politics, which is what I do, uh, this particular show has three topics that I get into, movies, sports, and politics. Uh, I'll sometimes deviate outside that realm, uh, specifically like last week's episode, uh, episode 30 regarding Jeffrey Epstein. Now, while that's not a political episode. I think uh, his world, since he was wealthy, intersects with politics. So that's why I'll kind of do that sometimes where I'll go off the beaten path. And I haven't done sports in a while, so I got to find a sports story and get back into that part of it. But it's been basically movies and politics these last couple of episodes. Uh, so basically, you know, I'll go where the news kind of takes me. So that's what's dominated so far right now. So that's what I've um, been talking about. But again, if you can rate and review with that, I would appreciate that. Uh, the show is on social media. The Twitter handle is at BendYourEarPod. That's also the Instagram handle, at BendYourEarPod. You can email the show at any time at BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you could take a moment to rate and review, uh, it's a very quick process, especially on iTunes. I would appreciate that greatly. Um, if you listen to this uh, show on a different platform, Spotify or Stitcher, I believe uh, some of them have review capabilities as well. So if that's where you listen to it, please feel free to rate and review the show there as well. I'm sure it works the same way there as far as the more ratings and reviews the show gets. Uh, the more profiles uh, it will uh, have in the search when people are looking for a new podcast to listen to. So again, I really appreciate if you do that. And I hope you enjoy this discussion of Miller's Crossing.
Today I'm going to discuss the 1990 Coen Brothers film, Miller's Crossing. So this is the third film from the Coen Brothers. So at this point in their careers, uh, basically Joel and Ethan Coen would write the screenplay and Joel Coen would direct the film. So as their careers progressed, uh, and I forgot which film it started with, I didn't check into that, but it became the point where they both started to become, uh, or both started to direct the films, write them and direct them. Uh, but early on in their career, Joel was the director and then Ethan and Joel wrote the story and then Ethan would be the producer of the films. So that were their roles early on. So this is their third film, their first two being Blood Simple and followed up by Raising Arizona, which I'll probably review both of those films and other shows, uh, also spectacular films. Uh, so this is early in their career and they came out of the gate as independent festival darlings and just brilliant filmmakers. So these films are, are outstanding and Miller's Crossing is no exception. So the story of Miller's Crossing takes place during the Prohibition era and the movie stars Gabriel Byrne as Tom Reagan, Albert Finney as Leo, Marsha Gay Harden as Verna, John Turturro as Bernie Birnbaum, John Polito as Johnny Casper, and J.E. Freeman as the Dane, among other people in the cast. That's the main cast. So Tom is the right-hand man for crime boss Leo. So he is his trusted confidant, um, consigliere. I don't know if it's the correct term, as Tom Hayden is in The Godfather, but basically Tom is Leo's right-hand man. And as the film opens, it actually opens with a great scene of Johnny Casper, again, played by the late great character actor John Polito. Uh, you would know him from, uh, I know him from Homicide Life on the Street, but from this movie, he's done other Coen Brothers films as well. I believe he's in Barton Fink as well. He gives a great speech at the beginning of the movie as Johnny Casper is asking Leo's permission to kill a bookie named Bernie Birnbaum because Johnny Casper is fixing fights. Uh, so he, of course he can win, but Bernie is leaking information that is messing up the odds and in turn losing him money. So he gives this very passionate, hilarious speech about ethics. And ethics is something that weaves through this entire movie. It's a theme that I found when I rewatched it. I've seen this movie probably 10 or 11 times, uh, so I just rewatched it for this podcast. And there's an ethics line through this entire film. So it starts right at the beginning uh, saying that Bernie is unethical and makes the joke. It's almost that honor among thieves kind of cliche. So he's, as he's speaking to Leo to get permission to kill Bernie, uh, he's talking about how the only thing we can trust is the fact that he can fix a fight and make money off of it. So he uh, puts his own ethics in the area of breaking the law. So if we're going to break the law, but we have to do it ethically, which is in itself a funny, a funny premise. So of course, Leo at this point doesn't give permission for Johnny to kill Bernie. Basically says, Bernie pays for protection, just like you do. He's not being killed. So of course, this enrages Johnny. Johnny makes some threats to him regarding his place in the hierarchy and how he is rising up, uh, but ultimately leaves the office and, uh, and Tom and Leo have a conversation after that. So basically, Tom is telling Leo, what are you doing? This is a bad play. Give up this dude. Why are you protecting this guy, some low-life guy, uh, in, in, in defiance of another crime boss? So as, we, as the film moves on, we come to find out the reason that Leo is doing that is because Leo is dating Bernie's sister, Verna, played by Marsha Gay Harden. 
So, of course, as part of that situation, he is protecting Bernie. Now, Verna, unbeknownst to Leo, is also dating Tom on the side. Of course, this relationship complicates the situation between Leo and Johnny Casper. So as the movie progresses, you see an escalation of the tensions between Leo and Johnny, ultimately with Johnny waging a war against Leo and Tom being caught in the middle. Leo doesn't take Tom's advice regarding turning over Bernie's location so Johnny can kill him. And eventually Tom and Leo have a falling out. So that's the basic setup of the film. As the film progresses, uh, you see the war escalate and then the relationships between the characters uh, become more complicated. Uh, as I stated, there's an ethical through line in this movie. So basically, you see Tom's character as ethical in the sense that he's honest with everybody to a point. He says what's on his mind to anyone, even if it means possible disrespect or violence against him he's never uh dishonest in the in the sense that he states his true opinion but as things go into play the brilliant thing about this film is you see double crosses triple crosses people lying to everybody so with this ethical spine of the movie there's lying and and deceit on all sides uh, the irony of the movie is you see a character, the character of the Dane, which is Johnny Casper's right-hand man. He starts to figure out kind of who's on what side. And it's uh, he's portrayed as the antagonist in the movie, but he kind of knows what's going on. Uh, so all of those confusing uh, issues are very well handled in this film. It's fantastic. The performances are, are great all the way around. Albert Finney is Leo. Gabriel Byrne is Tom, Marsha Gay Harden is Verna, but specifically John Polito as Johnny Casper is is fantastic. As I said, great, great character actor, always great in everything he does. He's fantastic in his in this movie, just basically uh, on the edge all the time. Very funny, but very menacing at the same time. It's a fantastic uh, performance. Uh, the cinematography by Barry Sonnenfeld is fantastic as well. He, I think, shot the first three Coen Brothers movies. I know he shot Raising Arizona. Did He shot this movie as well. I think he shot Blood Simple. He went on, of course, to become a director in his own right of the Adams Family movies and Men in Black as well. So he became a director in his own right. The music in this movie is fantastic as well by Carter Burwell. And I know he scored other Coen Brothers movies as well. This particular movie, the thing that I love, the music is not pervasive in the movie and there's not a lot of it per se. But the music that's there is fantastic, and it adds to the mood. Uh, the film opens uh, with a shot in, at Miller's Crossing, which is in the forest. Uh, the Miller's Crossing referred to in the title is where people are shot and killed and their bodies are dumped out there. There's a great scene in the middle of the film with Tom and Bernie, uh, where Tom is ordered to shoot and kill Bernie. So there's a great scene in there, a great scene by John Turturro, great performance in the movie as well. And I also mentioned, uh, did not mention earlier, Steve Buscemi has a role in this film. Not a huge role, but uh, a small role in this film is Mink. And uh, he, this is one of his early films, so uh, just a smaller role in this one. And he would also be in other Coen Brothers movies, more specifically The Big Lebowski. So the score by Kyra Burwell is fantastic. The cinematography is fantastic. And... 
the dialogue in the film is great. So you kind of get uh, some words that you don't hear before. I didn't hear before this movie. Uh, my favorite is Dangle. Uh, Leo tells it. You hear it several times in the movie, but like he'll say, why don't you take your flunky and dangle, which means get out of here. So it's some colorful language used in the film, which is great. You know, terminology that I had not heard before I'd seen this movie. So again, this movie came out in 1990, the same year as Goodfellas, the Martin Scorsese picture, the classic monster or ma mafia picture. Uh, it's funny, those two came out in the same year. Like I said, I don't consider this movie Miller's Crossing. It is a mob, not even a mob picture. It's a gangster picture because we're dealing with obviously organized crime in the sense of uh, Irish versus Italian. So Leo being the Irish crime boss and Johnny Casper being an Italian uh, crime boss that's under Leo's control. And uh, you see a lot of, especially in the dialogue, so obviously as woven in any gangster tale with multiple ethnicities, there's there's uh, the casual kind of racism that happens between uh, differing factions that always comes into play. It's in, kind of there in the dialogue. And the other underlying dialogue, or excuse me, the other underlying theme in this movie, which uh, at the time in 1990 was probably a little surprising, is even though it's not specifically stated, it's hinted at, or not even hinted at, they, they say it. So basically there, there are gay characters in the movie. So the Dane is gay, Bernie is gay, Mink is gay. So there's a, there's a couple of gay characters in the movie. So obviously at the time that this movie is set, it was kind of, there were euphemisms for being gay and it wasn't really discussed and it was kind of frowned upon and of course shamed uh, by the general public. So that's in there as well. Uh, and that, that that's kind of woven into the fabric of the film as well. But again, great performances. The action is great. There's this fantastic set piece at Leo's house when they're coming to assassinate him, when Casper's men come to assassinate him, and he fights back uh, all during a rendition of the song Danny Boy. Great classic film scene. If you haven't seen it before, you may have heard of it, but it's a fantastic uh, scene in that film. There's a lot of great scenes. But the biggest thing in this movie, as in with any of the greatest Coen Brothers movies, is the the script is fantastic. The The story is fantastic. And the way the double crosses work and the, the, the complexity of what happens, what Tom tries to engineer and the end result is fantastic. The thing I do love about the movie, though, there are times where Tom basically is risking his life on several occasions to weave this intricate plot that he set in motion. So it's very, very apparent that there's a few times in the movie where he literally is at risk of death, where death is imminent, and the way he gets out of those are cleverly done, and the script does a great job of making those situations make sense and uh, weaving those things together. So again, it's it's fantastic. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is fantastic in the role. John Turturro as Bernie is great. He's just basically a weaselly character and opportunist who will do or say anything to get what he wants and lie at every turn again uh john polito was fantastic uh as johnny casper j.e freeman as the dane was great as well very menacing very great performance so again as with any coen brothers movie there's not any movie like it and again any gangster picture or crime picture there's nothing like miller's crossing and that's the great thing about the coen brothers they're sense of the period 
the cinematography, specifically the dialogue. It's their own unique kind of vision for each film that they do, and this film is no exception. I saw this film originally when it was released in 1990 and loved it then. I'll still love it. I've, like I said, I've seen the film 10, 11 times. I consistently find enjoyment every time I watch it. It's it's a fantastic uh, movie. I highly recommend it. I believe at the time of its release, it did not do very well in the box office. Uh, critically, it was acclaimed. And again, obviously, with Goodfellas coming out that same year, obviously, that's the movie that met has met with uh, acclaim and notoriety and box office as well. Uh, so Miller's Crossing, again, is a smaller film. Fantastic movie. If you're a fan of the Coen brothers and haven't seen this movie, you definitely need to make that a part of your viewing experience. Like I said, again, it's a great movie, and I think uh, as I do shows in the future, I'm probably going to revisit uh, the early Coen Brothers films, uh, Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Barton Fink. So I'll probably revisit those and review those on other episodes. So for this episode, for Miller's Crossing, I'm giving this film four and a half out of five Van Goghs. Again, this movie is, uh, I think, one of the classics for their uh, catalog. It's a great film. Like I said, one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. It's probably, if I had to rank them, um, it's tough. I think this might be my second favorite Coen Brothers film. My favorite is still going to be Fargo. And that movie I'll definitely review. To me, Fargo is just, that movie's perfect. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that movie. Not that there's anything wrong with Miller's Crossing. I just probably put it in a notch, a very small notch below Fargo. Uh, and that's high praise because Fargo is just fantastic. So uh, it's definitely in my top two of all the Coen Brothers movies that I've seen. So again, I'm giving Miller's Crossing four and a half Van Goghs out of five. Thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please rate and review. Uh, again, that's very important, and it helps the show achieve a higher profile. If you want to email me with any questions or suggestions or feedback, you can do so at bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BendYourEarPod, which is also the handle for Instagram. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope everyone has a great week.